Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. It's Justin Hahnemann and the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. We're here for part two with Seth Goldman. The sequel. <laughs> the sequel. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you did not listen to part one, put this on pause and go back and listen. Uh, we talked about honesty and how he and his partner, Barry, launched that business and grew it and sold it. And just so many cool lessons learned in the stories. You got to check that out and then come back and listen to part two. Um, here we are again with Seth and we are talking Beyond Meat and Eat the Change. So, um, all right, Seth, we're picking right up where we left off on our last uh, discussion. So you, you get to the sale of Honest with Coke. And then where did your engagement with Beyond Meat start? How did that begin? Yeah. So we sold to Coca-Cola in 2011. And I still uh, actually stayed connected to the business through 2019. But around 2012, I started thinking about, okay, what are the, what else can I be doing on the issues (laughs) I care about? So the first thing we did actually was my co-founder Barry and I wrote that book, Mission in a Bottle. We wanted to share the story of building the business and that came out in 2013. And um, while the book was, we had finished it in 2012. And so the book was at the publishers. And um, my wife, this, I remember the day, in fact, it was August 5th in uh, 2012. My wife read an article about this company getting started on the West Coast called Beyond Meat that was seeking to replicate the taste and texture of meat using plants. And our family has been uh, vegetarian uh, for now 16 years. But at the time, we'd been I guess we've been doing it for a while and always happy with the decision ethically, but often disappointed uh, from a with the, with taste the quality of the product. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And so she said, boy, if we could, if we, if this company could succeed and we could enjoy burgers on the grill again, that would be a great <laughs> right. gift. Right. Why don't That's you reach out to these folks? So, so I sent an email to info at beyondmeat.com. No way. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. I, I just said, Hey, I, I, love the sound of what you're doing. And, if, you know, I've learned a lot in my time in the, in the food industry. If I can help, please, you know, let me know. And I, they reached out right away. They needed some help. They were um, just about to go to retail with their product and hadn't had that experience. So I joined as an advisor and then became a board member. And then what happened was the CEO, Ethan Brown, and I got into a regular cadence. First, we spoke every Friday and we have it. a sort of hour long call. And then we moved it to every other day we'd speak oh, wow. just because there were so many decisions to make. Right. And then, you know, um, as I was sort of seeing my role shifted on his tee, I thought, wow, maybe there's a way I could become work half of my time for Beyond Meat. And I became executive chair of the board. And then the other half, you know, continued to be the champion for Honest Tea within Coca-Cola and around the world because we were launching Honest Tea in different countries. Absolutely. And so um, I'm still thankful and, and uh, you know, appreciative that I was able to have that incredible dual role with both companies. And, uh, you know, we took Beyond Meat from where it was less than a million dollars in sales to, you know, uh, oh, close to a hundred million in sales oh and then gosh. to the IPO. Wow. Um, yeah. And then Honest Tea continued to grow and, it, you know, expanded around the, the, the planet. Uh, and so that was just a really fun dual role. 
So talk about where was Beyond Meat? You know, you, you shared with us on our last episode some of the progress and, and process of Honesty. Where was yeah. Beyond in that process when you got involved? And then what did yeah. you have to really help? What kind of big challenges did you have to help them with? So what Beyond Meat had figured out was that they had figured out a product idea. Okay. Um, unlike any other. You know, Honesty's product idea is fairly simple. It was less sweet tea initially. And then, of course, organic and then fair trade. But Beyond Meat had figured out we could make meat from plants and skip the animal. Uh, and not we're not talking about a Boca burger, a totally different way to do it. And so the idea was a, a very advanced idea. The execution was challenged. There was they were they were making a product, but there was no gross margin in it. So they were the more, <laughs> they, the more, the more they sold, the more they lost. Right. Um, and then they were they hadn't yet cracked the code on exactly how to sell it. So they were okay. selling a lot in the freezer. But the challenge with being in the freezer of a grocery store is you're only selling to the people who buy protein in the freezer. In the freezer, the exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I was part of the first sales call that pitched the product to be sold in the meat case of the grocery store. And so getting getting the Beyond Burger sold in the meat case, That's not huge. just at Whole Foods, but yeah. then eventually to Safeway and then to Kroger, that was a real breakthrough. So you had a product breakthrough and then you had a, a sales strategy, merchandising breakthrough. And what it meant was we now were available to not just the 5% of the world that was vegetarian, but to the 95% of people right. who look for protein. Wow. And that was it. Um, yeah. And then what about other channels like QSR, restaurants, QSR, food service? Yeah. Like what, did that, what did that look like? Oh, it was really fun because it was a whole, no, it was a whole new world. Right. These, I these mean, folks, a lot of these restaurants that had carried, had basically carried veggie burgers and given up on them or, or, right. or the chefs would say, well, we carry it, but we're not proud of it. And so then to be able to say, here's a product that can be delicious and it's up to you to make it, you know, you can spice it, season it. Uh, and so it really was this, it was like, um, a new, it was a new category for, for chefs as well. And that was really fun. And so we saw tremendous growth, not just in, in, um, restaurants, but that it wasn't just that we sold it, but they were, they were branding it. So we'd launch it a TGI Fridays and it would be the beyond burger right. on the menu, which is kind of cool. Be, I mean, oh, huge, 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 yeah. ex, you know, impact for, for the marketing. And basically what it meant was every restaurant became a little bit of a, a, a demo um, opportunity for us. Wow. You mentioned your role there. And it's interesting, you know, we talked about your role with co-founder at, at, at Honest, but here your role was a weekly call and then every other day, like, what did that look like? You know, what, yeah. like, what kinds of things were you guys talking through or working on? That's <laughs> kind of cool. Well, it was you know? great. And, and, it, and I'm still very close with Ethan and we still yeah. talk very frequently. And, and, and it, I did have to shift. So, you know, at Honest T, Barry always said his job was to make me successful. And so whatever form that took. And then with Ethan as well, I, I, um, you know, what I was able to do with Ethan his, his family was much younger. My family, my kids had you know, graduated, gone to school. So I was able to take on some of the tasks that would have, if it, Ethan were doing or have taken him out of the office. So Got it. raising, raising capital from investors. I did a lot of that legwork and, and travel, uh, expanding internationally. And once again, I was able to do that and Ethan could stay home and watch his kids' basketball game or have right. dinner with his family, just things that that really... And then a lot of... Um, another thing I do, did and continue to do is just check in on his overall wellness, right? That the CEO's job, and I know this, is, is it's a lonely job. You're having to look after everybody. There's no one really looking after you. And so sometimes I just no say, doubt. how are you feeling? What do you... What do you... You know, how are you finding space for yourself? And uh, 
So we still do that. And whenever I'm out in California, we'll always manage time for a hike just to get out, you know, and not have to talk about the business all the time. Although right. of course we do. Sure. Um, but that, that's a, that can be a really valuable service. And um, at honesty, I did have, you know, some board members who did that, but it is, it's, um, it's easy to overlook that component of uh, a business as a board member, but it's a critical piece. One of the questions that comes up in a lot of our interviews is choosing board members and especially for mm-hmm. younger brands that are just starting, like what are some of the things you look for when you look back on choosing board members and, and maybe some of the things you've learned over time? Yeah. So, so one thing I think is really important. It doesn't have to be that all your board members have been CEOs, but you want people who have been the decision maker in their organization. It could be with a nonprofit too, but you want somebody who, who can really identify with your situation because, um, and this isn't a knock on lawyers, but uh, you know, lawyer, a lot of times the lawyers haven't had to make those decisions that sure. they've had to bear the responsibility of. So, so you definitely want some people who have been CEOs. You also um, really want to think about what are the angles and dimensions to your business and get expertise in all of them. So at Honesty, we had an amazing board. So we had um, Gary Hirschberg, who was the CEO of Stonyfield Farms. So he had tremendous experience in the natural foods industry Absolutely. and how to um, take a brand and a category mainstream. And then we had Jeff Swartz, who was the CEO of Timberland, the footwear and apparel company, a very mission-driven brand. And so he had great experience building a brand. And that was an important piece of what we did. And then we had a woman, Robin Prever, who um, was the uh, head of Saratoga Beverage Group. And so she had experience in the beverage industry. So you want to sort of identify what are the kind of lanes or, or zones of you know, impact for your business and, and how do you find people. And so at Beyond Meat, we also um, developed an amazing board. When I, when I joined, actually, it was um, only finance and tech people. And there is a role. There's a need for that. There's a role um, for but, them too, right? <laughs> yeah, but not not for the whole board. And so sure. one of the first things we did, actually, we brought on two wonderful board members. One was Don Thompson, the former CEO of McDonald's. Oh, Great yeah. experience there. And yep. of course, you know, someone who understands um, what's important to those restaurants. The other was Diane Carhart, who had been the COO and CFO of Stonyfield Farm. You know, I got to know her through my work with Gary and just knew she would be a great contributor as a board member. So you got to think about what are you missing? What do you want to have? Another wonderful um, person we hired as a board was Bernard Van Lengerich, who had been the chief technology officer at General Mills. And so somebody who really understood how to scale food, because as I said, Beyond Meat was, they were making a great product, but they weren't making it profitably. (laughs) Yeah. And so Bernhard helped us figure that out too. Wow. Fascinating. Um, very, very cool. And and then now, uh, Eat the Change, maybe uh, share with our audience about Eat the Change. Where did this come from? How does this play into your other work? And yeah. how are you balancing? Yeah. So Eat the Change is definitely my, uh, to the extent I have a full-time job, this is it right now. But I'm, I'm <laughs> still it. involved with Beyond Meat and I do other things. But Eat the Change is my primary undertaking. And it was actually an outgrowth of this restaurant chain, Plant Burger, where I'm a co-founder. Right. Uh, and Spike is the executive chef of Plant Burger. And we were launching. We now have 11 Plant Burger restaurants up and running. And the head of marketing for Plant Burger came up with this phrase, eat the change you wish to see in the world. And I thought, awesome. wow, that I is, love that. <laughs> it's a great call to action. It's a, a call to empowerment and a call to accountability. And so I thought, wow, that could be a great brand. You could create a, a brand that's all focused around making sure every aspect of the food is climate friendly. So I talked about the water footprint. 
Uh, we also use only organic ingredients. We make sure there's no food waste. We make sure we're not using all of the six crops that represent 57% of all agricultural production. And we don't use any of those crops. We want to be supporting a more, um, bio, more biodiversity, more resilience in, on the planet. And then, of course, make products that are delicious. And so the first product line we launched was a mushroom jerky. And again, mushrooms are super environmentally uh, and water efficient. They grow on compost. They are uh, it only takes 40 gallons of water to make a pound of mushrooms in contrast to something like almonds, which require over a thousand gallons of water to make a pound of almonds. Um, and then this, the latest product is our version of Honest Kids. It's a, it's a kid's snack made with carrots. And uh, we just launched that and it's gotten a great response. Really, really cool. Um, you, you call it mission-based entrepreneurship. Define what that is and how that plays into Definitely. the common thread. Yeah. So it is, first of all, it is entrepreneurship, right? We are starting, we're building something uh, and it's a business and a brand where the, the business itself is the vehicle for activism. So look, I hope someday we become profitable and we can donate money to charity. <laughs> but what's nice about all these businesses that I've been in is we're actively working on the causes we care about every time we sell our product, you know, with, with, we need the change. We're educating consumers and then in, um, giving them the opportunity to make a climate-friendly choice. Uh, and so, um, it is. It is also. It's you know the other part about it is a lot of nonprofits have missions, and you know you could. There's nonprofits that you could read their mission and read our mission. They're probably pretty closely aligned. So <laughs> we certainly want to feel like our mission is more than just you know, selling cases of uh, product. Right. And so what's in front of you here as you're growing this new brand, you like, like, as you look to the next six to 12 months, is, is it uh, more presence? Is it new product? What does that look like? For us, it's scaling the business. We just got to the place where we have, you know, positive gross margins. Uh, so, you know, like I said, that's, that's good. It's tough to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's still a lot more work to do. It's got to scale. We've got to be able to make enough of it to launched nationally. We just got um, our mushroom jerky launched in Publix. We just got our carrots la uh, launching in Sprouts. And so Congrats. these are That's national great. retailers. Yeah. yeah. And but we got to be able to supply them and then get, make sure that it sells. So these are the, um, along the way, especially, and I, I know all of your listeners will relate to this, that over the past year, you know, launching a brand during a pandemic has created incredible supply chain challenges that we've had to navigate. And I'd like to think we've got most of them worked out, um, you know, but then you just hear, well, you know, we use sun, sunflower oil in our recipes and Ukraine makes 70% right. of the world's sunflower, sunflower right. oil. So um, there's always going to be something and just right. navigating those. Uh, and, and so we've got to stay focused. We got to make sure we can build the brand, but it, it's, it's, I got to tell you, Justin, it is invigorating and fun and uh, it was, um, you know, humbling in the right way. We, we, we just were come back from Expo West out in yeah, California. Yeah, of course. Show. Great event. And yeah. I was back in a, in a 10 by 10 booth. You know, <laughs> so like, fun though, right? I mean, yeah. here, try our mushroom jerky. Exactly. <laughs> so great. It's the same demos. Yeah. It's, you know, though, it's so cool being around all the other brands too, the entrepreneurs launching um, at Expo West. Uh, you know, one of the things, in fact, great segue uh, as we're getting close to the, our wrapping up here. Um, I, I know you have a lot of uh, entrepreneurs reach out to you for coaching advice uh, and get involved with their business. How do you, like, as you look at a, a company, the entrepreneurs, the leadership, the brand products, how do you like, delineate the ones that you think are doing it right and those that are maybe missing the mark? Are there tendencies of one versus the other things that you know our listeners could hear from you and go, sure. hmm, good to know? Well, for me personally, I want to see there's a cause behind it, right? I, I, I want to feel like 
this is an entity that, um, you know, or the, uh, or an entrepreneur who, who would be working for a cause, whether or not it was a successful business or not. Now, that as an investor, you might have different criteria. Sure. But for, for me personally, whether, <laughs> yeah. you know, for me to want to get engaged, I've got to feel like this is a cause I can believe in it and get excited about. The other one, of course, is just differentiation. You know, I, I cringe when someone tells me, oh, I've got a great uh, salsa recipe or a great <laughs> granola recipe, because even it really doesn't matter how delicious it is unless it's it's got to be different from what's in the market. Right. It just and I'll, just to share with you, you know, Honest Tea, when we look, or the, the kids' product we launched. Honest, Honest kids, kids, right. Every uh, At the time, all I the kids' I remember the pouches, by the way. I like the pouches. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. At the time, Honest Kids, you know, the market was at 100 calories. It wouldn't have made sense to launch an 85-calorie kids' drink because that would have been too close. We went with a 40-calorie drink, and it was a totally new opportunity. Yeah. Um, with with uh, Eat the Change, this carrot snack that we just launched is intended to replace uh, what for many um, parents, or they choose that it's called a fruit snack for a kid. There's no fruit in it. And so right. it wasn't going to make sense to have a, a, a less caloric fruit snack. We said, let's make a, a, a snack for kids that's made with actually real food. And it's a, it's a carrot. <laughs> it's a carrot based snack. So um, you really want to have meaningful and, and um, substantial differentiation. That's got to be a key to this. I have a really good salsa, though. <laughs> and you should serve it to all your friends. I should give it to so, all my friends. I yeah, love that. That's friends. good coaching, Justin. Do not yeah. go put in a salsa in a bottle. Don't raise money from <laughs> investors. Don't. Uh, okay, uh, good. So that idea is off the table. Thank you, Seth Goldman. Um, it's <laughs> so great. Um, thank you so much. This has been so fun. We got to have you back on down the road. Uh, I mean, you're so you do so much for not only the industry but for other individuals and and from a coach and mentor perspective and and as a friend. Um, I mean, I, I just they appreciate all that you do for so many people. Before we go though, share with our audience where they could find you, connect with you, learn more about uh, Eat the Change sure. and whatnot. Sure. Thank you for that. So first of all. I do encourage anyone to read the book who's in this space. Mission in a Bottle. Is it's a, like a comic book book. It's it is amazing. A comic book. It's, yeah, it's I've really never fun. seen anything like it. It's, a, it's only kind it's of got all the lessons, all the <laughs> mistakes we made. And, um, it's yep. a good investment that way. Then um, I'm on Twitter. It's Honest Seth at Twitter. And I'm on LinkedIn. And of course, our website, uh, Eat the Change. And Eat the Change is across all the different handles. So. Yeah. Yeah, I look forward to you know yeah, communicating with all your audience. Awesome. Seth, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for your friendship and uh, look forward to having you back on down the road, man. Great to be with you, Justin. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.